0: are always hard to do. Listicles are not the easiest. We yeah. always come into them thinking, let's take so a easy. break. <laughs> We've been having a rough time. We've been doing a lot of heavy hitters. A lot of two-parters. A lot of research. A lot of just... Balls deep in books and documentaries and interviews.
1: Let's do an easy one. Let's do Now That's What I Call Music. Meanwhile, we have eight pages of notes each. What do we do? Because they
0: were like, let's do 20 fucking songs. And they are amazingly significant to that time. Yeah. Also, then let's do One Hit Wonders. But then we have to think of, okay, what ones do we want to do? Yeah. What do we want to say about them? And then
1: it's it's either... feast or famine either I have not enough and I can't for the life of me think of anything to put on my list or I have way too fucking many
0: and I can't narrow them down and then I'm like but can we do 10 each (laughs) oh my god no we will be here for 3 million hours and also editing yeah I will not do it I refuse not gonna do it not gonna do it (laughs) still gonna Dana Carvey George Bush Sr that shit real hard yeah Yep, yep yep But anyway, welcome to Rock Candy, (laughs) your weekly podcast, bringing you sweet treats from the wacky world of music, wonderful world of music, wacky indeed this week, the one hit wonder world of music, yeah, because music is filled with one hit wonders, which is what we are talking about. A today. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, do
1: we still have one hit wonders? Does that exist? I assume it still exists, yeah. but I don't,
0: I don't really listen to the radio. The no, ra- it totally still exists. Yeah. I can't think of an example. I can't either. Mainly because I think another thing about one hit wonders is you can't just say something's a one hit wonder and it's only been out for like three years. I mean, because I was wondering if Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe is a one-hit wonder. I would say yes. But at the same time, she's still a very successful artist. Yeah. You're right. Can you be a one-hit wonder now? Because now you have these streaming services where you can still be quite popular, but you're underground popular? Um, Gautier? Mmm, okay. He you know was what? That's a very recent one. I would almost argue Lord. I know she had other hits, but everyone knows her for Royals.
1: Okay, but... Can they be a one-hit wonder if they had that one big hit and
0: then every other song they've released after that sounds exactly like that fucking one hit? Yes, if it, the other songs that don't that sound exactly like that other song don't chart. But what if they do chart and they're basically the same song? Then because I think that I'm. What I'm saying here is that Lord has put out the same fucking song for the last five years. Her newer album definitely took a different turn. It was a little bit more dancey beat. Okay. I liked her newer I actually enjoy her newer stuff in comparison to her older stuff. Okay. It's not as drab. Which eh. I don't know if that's a harsh thing to say about Lord. I liked Royals enough. Oh, I'm over it. I, oh, I, I mean was... I got over it. Yeah, I'm I'm way over it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we can still have one hit wonders. Godie <laughs> is definitely a one hit wonder. Which
1: kinda makes me sad because his that album wasn't so bad.
0: Right. It's pretty good. When I think I think in this episode we have a lot of maybe not a lot, but a few artists who it's too bad that this was the only song that made it because they're very good. And then there's some that we've chosen who
1: had the one hit in the United States, but then everywhere else they they continue to be popular. Right. So what what constitutes a one hit wonder? Is it uh, you had the one hit in the US, but if you continue to have success other other places, then you're still a one-hit wonder. It's it's confounding. Well, for this
0: episode... My criteria but, for this was one hit in the United States. Right. I think in general, we went with one hit in the United States. Also, how did it affect pop culture right. at the time? Right. You could be a one-hit wonder and completely change the course of the music industry. Certainly. I think a lot of our choices did do that. Yeah. Or they took what was going on at the time, monetized on it, made at least one song that totally jived with what we needed next. Yeah. And then there's... And then slipped right out.
1: And then there's bands like New Radicals, whose sole intention was to have one hit.
0: But I actually liked their other song better. The one that wasn't their one hit. Yeah. They'd-
1: Someday We'll Know.
0: I like yeah, that they did have another song, yeah. but like
1: the whole point, what I don't remember the guy's name, but the whole point of the guy who out, wore that hat, the guy who wore the hat. Yeah. The, his whole point was, I'm going to make one album. I'm going to have one massive hit off of it. I'm going to make a shit ton of money to prove a point. I don't know what the point was, but he wanted to prove a point of some kind and then never hear from him again the hmm. whole point was to have a one-hit wonder they did it he did it yeah but again i liked the other song better i think he just wanted to like stick it to like Hanson and courtney love and marilyn manson are you, are you just saying that because he said that
0: he, he name dropped them in yeah, the song he did. all right back back to he oh yeah he beck and Hanson, courtney love and marilyn, marilyn manson. manson yeah it rhymes it does that's how you can say it and you know
1: what Beck's real last name is Hanson, too. So good for That's him. That's right. Also, Beck,
0: not a one-hit wonder. Not still at all. Still quite successful. Even Hanson wasn't I would a say, one-hit wonder. I would say out of all four of those artists, Beck, still kicking really well. Still doing it. Still bringing it in. And he's still making pretty good music, too. Yeah. I know Marilyn Manson's still making music, but... <laughs> <laughs> so is Courtney Love. <laughs> sure hey so is hansen and their music is good they also Fight brew me. beer they do and that's what makes me respect them i like them. And i will never poo poo them i mean they might the be
1: they might be weird religious oklahomans oh
0: i like that but oklahomians
1: oklahomians but you know i still got respect i like it i'm down with that indeed Anyway, I'm Maggie. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ashley. We need to get better at that. No. Keep trying to be like, we need to introduce ourselves. I mean, no, leave it and leave the mystery. Yeah. Like the mystery. Who are we?
0: I don't even you know don't who we know. are. It's fine. This doesn't none of this matters. None of this matters. Also, let me introduce our third guest, beer. <laughs> <laughs> it was see that segue there? It was a good segue. And for tonight, we are drinking from Evil twin. Evil twin. <laughs> I was going to say two evils. Nope, it's evil twin. Okay, evil twin brewing. Falco! Yay! Because we're going to talk about Falco. Yeah. It's he... the only time I'm ever going to get to be able to talk about Falco. And technically, he was a one-hit wonder, so. Well, I will get into that. Yeah. But uh, it's it's an IPA. It's an IPA. It's it's a very standard IPA, like, but that's What do you good. picture in your brain when you hear IPA? That's what I'm drinking right now. Yeah so it's very good it's a good sipping beer yeah throw a little lemon in that though a little lemon yeah. and a little orange it just does it get a nice little je ne sais quoi to it a what if i mumble really quietly it, it sounds, sounds french, french. <laughs> sounds like you're from quebecois maybe i am i'm not i don't think anyway Let's keep the mystery going. Again, continue the mystery. Am I Canadian? Who Who knows? knows? Anyway, we have digressed quite a bit. So let's continue our discussion on the one-hit wonders. Let's get into some fucking one-hit wonders here. Hell yeah. And in all honesty, I gotta say, summer always seems like it's that time of year for an unknown artist to crawl out of the shadows and wow everyone with a single that is sure to make them a legend. Problem is you don't know what form the legend status will come in. Maybe the song is just bigger than anything you can anticipate and it takes over your entire career, making it impossible to overcome. Could be how it coincides with the timing of our cultural zeitgeist, or perhaps the song was just a fluke jam in a sea of mediocrity. But they can at least take solace for their 15 minutes in the sun.
1: I have to say, I just realized that I am very disappointed in myself because I didn't pick a single like 80s hairband. I for mm. some reason what you just said reminded me of uh, To Be the Next to Be With You by Mr. Big. And you I'm know, like, why don't I have this? Why don't I, I meant have this? And then to on text you
0: and say, Yo, you did pick Mr. Big, right? I didn't.
1: I didn't even have it
0: on my list of a bunch of things to pick from what's wrong with me. One hit wonders are hard. It is. There's a lot of them, and in like what constitutes a one hit wonder, and and I only said we could do five each, so <laughs> with an wanna, honorable mention. I don't want to. Oh yeah, I don't want to spend twenty years here. So yeah. Anyway, let me with that saying that I don't want to spend twenty years here. <laughs> let me get into my first pick, the namesake of our beer, Rock Me Amadeus. I uh, buy Falco. I was a superstar,
2: I because I had to flare, I'm rocky and
0: Amadeus is cool, but what about Amonitis? <laughs> Seriously, what about Amonitis? Have, we have questions. What happened to Amonitis? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, before you start yelling at your listening device, which you probably already have. They're going to do that a lot, Yeah, so it's fine. I am well aware that Falco was a big deal in Austria, and he has had other songs. However, this is the one that gets pinned on him and hasn't been forgotten. Yeah, yeah. dear Komisar. He, he originally that. did
1: that. So we'll get, we'll get, we'll get to, get that. to I'm that. Sorry, I'm, stop stealing I'm my Jumping thunder. ahead. Jumping ahead.
0: Jumping ahead. Rock Me Amadeus is a true sensation of a song, one that arguably shouldn't work, but miraculously does. Everyone knows it, and it's a timeless participant in the 80s melodies. Indeed. Falco's story is an interesting one. Born Johann Halsell, he changed his name to Falco when he became a little obsessed with German ski jumper. Falco Wispflog. a ski jumper? Yeah. What? I'm not even lying. That's yeah. That's
1: really you know, weird. It happened. I thought it was going to be something way more like intellectual think he and just profound. I saw the
0: name Falco on the TV and was it's like a good name. that's a sweet fucking name. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to argue with that. That's a sweet name. As a toddler he showed a talent for music when he was able to keep the beat to songs that he heard on the radio. He became a star in Austria, especially after Der Kommissar was released as a B-side to his first single. Now we can talk about that.
1: Yeah. That's the one that's like, blah, blah, Don't blah, blah, turn, turn around, around.
0: Uh-oh. uh-oh. Yo, yo. Der Kommissar's <laughs> in town, <In> town. oh <laughs> Now, we know it as a British, sung in English, lovely little right. ditty, because it was covered years later by the British band After the Fire. And that's where it became a huge hit. Another one-hit wonder. Oh, yeah. With someone, another one-hit wonder, one-hit wonderception. Yes. It's wonderception. But that also did get Falco a lot of airplay in the Austrian radio. Mm -hmm. So in his home country, he was a star, much like another Vienna native, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. In 1984, Hollywood created an insanely yes. successful movie de- depicting the life movie. and times of this classical musician. And it's this so fucking good. movie is so good. I love this movie. It's so good. Oh. 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 <laughs> I fucking love it. Oh my god, it's so good. I think it's historically inaccurate and I don't give oh. a fuck. I I it's based on facts as many facts as we can but like, did not kill mozart however he didn't took, like mozart yeah
1: but he didn't fucking kill him right i mean they took plenty of hollywood
0: liberties with this oh with this movie but, it's but such a good movie and i think it's like three hours long oh, too but it's yeah. so good especially
1: for 1984 like i don't know how people sat through that in 1984 when you're right. used to like action movies that are well they had intermissions
0: in, in movies in the in 84 really yeah. they would have intermissions at the movie theater well i know they did that. for 2001 a space odyssey anyway i imagine they did for amadeus but i i don't know but the point is falco saw this movie and was immediately inspired to write a song about the genius pianist who was in his mind the first punk in music history so he this this
1: song was about the
0: actual movie Amadeus. Yes, but it wasn't for the movie no, Amadeus. No, 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 no. It but was about the movie. Inspired Amadeus. by. Yes. So there's that. But what about Amanitus? Well, we don't get to talk about Amonitis. <laughs> he is secret, he is Lord. He is secret, he is safe. He is. Most people hear the lyrics and think they're just gibberish, but they're actually a mixture of German and English which made it the first single to have German lyrics reach number one in the States. Nena's 99 Luftballons Uh only reached number two. Oh, Mm.
1: I almost put that on my list too.
0: Right? Also a one-hit wonder. Here we are. And the music video is just as outrageous, with Falco going back and forth between a group of 18th century debutantes and then a bunch of bikers in a bar. And he stands on this bar and he's like, corralling all these biker dudes to sing Amadeus, Amadeus, Amadeus. It's fucking delightful. Go watch it. It also
1: made me think when I was a kid that uh, Falco and um, Adam Ant were the same person. And they're not. Because Adam Ant, when he was in Adam and the Ants, liked to dress in 18th century like colonial uniforms. Oh, that's right.
0: I forgot about that. Yeah. Always thought they
1: were the same, but... Definitely not the same.
0: Goody two shoes.
1: Goody goody two shoes. Don't drink. Don't smoke. What do you do? <laughs> Another one hit wonder. Another really great one hit wonder. However, Adam and the Ants are highly underrated. Go listen to them. I know because you do
0: really appreciate them. I love
1: Adam and
0: the <laughs> I love Adam and the Ants. Yeah, you definitely had a phase. I think a year and a half ago, where you listened to a lot of Adam and the Ants. It was
1: right after when I. It was right after when I did the Susie and the Banshees
0: uh, episode. Oh, that was like which was only a few months ago, but it feels like it feels like forever, a lifetime ago. ago. Mm -hmm. March feels like a really long time ago. We've had a year, guys. We've had a fucking year. Two thousand nineteen has not been kind. It hasn't. We've aged dramatically. (laughs) Now, why many wouldn't consider him a one-hit wonder is because his follow-up, Vienna Calling, was a top twenty hit in the U.S., but no one remembers that song. No, I don't. So I'm not counting it. I wouldn't either. Fight me. I'm not gonna. Good. <laughs> there was talk of Falco fully crossing over to the US and working with American producers on this next album, but it wasn't to be, however, because he began to have a pretty heavy problem with the drinks and the drugs. Likely story. Likely story. But he continued to work successfully in Vienna until the early 90s, when he had fled to the Dominican Republic, and I'm not sure if he did this for tax reasons or to avoid the media because both have been given as reasons. Probably both, then. Maybe. But he could never shake that nasty drinking-drugging habit, which would unfortunately cost him everything in 1998 when he died after getting into a collusion with a bus in DR. So crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But also, I feel I always thought that he died earlier than he,
0: 1998. He was but- only 40, 40 or 41. Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty young. I mean, there are a lot of parallels that have been made between him and his namesake of his one hit, mm-hmm. Amadeus, because mm-hmm. they both had natural talent for music, loved by Austria, hard and fast lifestyle and an early death. And now they're just going to both live on in one of the catchiest songs to ever hit the GD airwaves. Yep. Which I guess is all you can really ask for. That's all I care about. Yeah. Put me in a song. Mm Mm-hmm. There you go. Good for you. Good for us. Good for Falco. I mean, you know what? Take what you can get.
1: Yep. All right. So now let's go to my num- my first your not, first pick not my number 1 but my first pick yes which is buffalo stance by nena cherry Buffalo's Dance was released in nineteen eighty nine and went to number one on the US dance charts. Wait. So no, yeah. it was a number one hit. Ugh, it's such a good song. It's a really good song, and I think it's a dance song from the eighties that people very often forget about. Right? When you're at eighties night, request this fucking jam. Yeah, it's really good. And uh Nena Cherry released four more albums over the years, but her most recent and her most recent release was last year. What? Yeah. For real. Oh, shit. But she didn't have another hit like Buffalo Stance.
0: Who does, though? Yeah, nobody. But who does, though?
1: <laughs> but some really interesting facts about Nana Cherry. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, read, I accidentally read some of your notes. Oh. <laughs> so I know one of them. So she was born in Stockholm, Sweden. Ooh. And her father was from Sierra Leone and was the son of a tribal chief, which is kind of awesome. Wow. Uh, her stepfather... And this is some more one-hit wonderception. Her stepfather was the lauded jazz musician Don Cherry, who toured with the all-female punk band The Slits. What? Who eventually recruited Nene as a vocalist in 1979. That's awesome. And she has a half-brother named... Eagle Eye Cherry. Yes, she does. Who is another one hit wonder himself, having released the hit song Save Tonight. Save Tonight. It's Fight like, the break of dawn, come tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'll be gone. Oh. <laughs> and that was in 1997, which seems so fucking long ago.
0: It was 12 years, 22 years ago. Oh my God.
1: Ugh.
0: I remember it from middle school. Oh, and a yeah. lot of that year, a lot of people used that as their graduation song. Which was weird. I suppose. Because I think isn't it about, like, having sex with somebody one last time before you leave them?
1: Probably. But everybody in my high school class wanted to have, um, what was it, Good Riddance as our prom theme song? That was
0: everybody's prom theme song. I think it's still everyone's prom theme song. And I was, like,
1: the only one who was shouting at everybody, like, no! Like, it's... It's about hating everybody and telling them to fuck off. Like, why would that be your prom song? Because kids are stupid. Just because they say, I hope you have the time of your life, doesn't mean they're being genuine about it. He is clearly saying that it's sarcastically. It's like when you read a
0: text and you're like, wait, but how did he mean that? Yeah. Did he really want me to have the time of my life? Or is he being an asshole and being backhanded and yeah, you don't he was. Know?
1: Yeah. Billy Joe Armstrong oh, was no. being a backhanded <laughs> asshole. Huh. No, you don't
0: say. Imagine that, huh? So weird. Yeah,
1: those are my notes for Buffalo State. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> I know. I went like balls deep. So you I did. usually I'm the one that goes balls deep. So I'm happy with this, right? Well, I and I was kicking myself because it took me forever to write my notes because I went. So basically the way I did it is like, let me talk about them a little bit and then talk about the song and then talk about what happens to them afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh, this would be interesting. And in some of my songs, it's really hard to find actual information on the songs. Yeah. Because like Buffalo Stance, it's just, I think it's just blatantly about like bitches hanging around with bitches and like defending each other, right? Yeah, pretty standing much. Standing in Buffalo Stance like, oh, this fucking guy's coming over here. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck with That's what I always got from it. It's like, hey. No. T- turn around. Yeah. Turn around, dude. We don't want you here. Like some dude
1: at the dance club trying to creep all up on you and you being like, no, get the fuck and out so of here. So
0: then you all like stand in a buffalo stance be like, we don't we don't need you here. Yeah. We're not here for boys' night. This is ladies' night. God damn it. Yeah. That's what I always got from it. Basically, yeah. Alright, good. Look at me. I understand what songs <laughs> mean. And then I guess I will scoot to my number two pick, which is Mark Morrison's Return of the Mac. Yes. That doesn't bring you back to 1996, I don't fucking know what will.
1: If it doesn't bring you back to 1996, then you know what? You lied to me.
0: Yes, I know. <laughs> yes, I do. I do, I do. Return of the back. Oh, my God. That's how I sing that song. It's fine. You have to. That's you how he sings to. that yeah. song. <laughs> That's true. So, Mark Morrison. His recording career began at age 21 with the vinyl release Where Is Our Love in 1993. It didn't do anything again. him noticed, but he kept at it. Just two years later, in 1995, he released the album Return to the Mac, containing the titular single that blew up the world. Mark wrote it after going through a particularly bad time in his life. He was looking to turn the negative into the positive and use that as fuel to get his music career going. Wait, so is Mark the
1: Mac? Oh, he is definitely the Mac. Oh. Is that his nickname or something? I... Or is, is this a nickname he gave himself? I hope so. Oh.
0: I, I you don't mean, give yourself a nickname. You don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe? I don't know. I'm, I'm I I just... mean, Return of the Mac makes more sense than Return of the Mark.
1: <laughs> I've just always pictured, like, this really cool dude named, like, nicknamed the Mac. And he's just returning for, like... Well,
0: maybe it's, like, the Return of the Mac daddy. Because, okay, I mean, this song is obviously about someone betraying their partner. And how you can still come out from that as a stronger person. hmm. Just a really good, positive song. Like, yo, they fuck you over, you know what? It's good. You can come back and still be the Mac daddy. It's still a good, it's a good post breakup song. It is. You know what? I know you lied to me, but it's cool, because I'm gonna return to the Mac this shit. hmm. I'm gonna use that from now on. For this song, he collaborated with UK singer Angie Brown, and this wasn't her first rodeo either. You may recognize her That's from a little-known jam called "I'm Gonna Get You" by Bizarre Inc. I'm gonna get you, baby. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get, get to you. Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, I almost—I didn't That's put that such on the a list. Good one. But it's, it's so good.
1: Oh, there were so many, like really amazing '90s uh, dance jams. Dance jams yeah. that were one-offs. They are so good. So good.
0: Oh, they're so good. That's a solid one. You that know what? Pause this. Go listen to that. And Mr. Vane. No, LaBouche is not a one-hit wonder. They La have d- had several hits.
1: No, I'm not saying it's a one-hit
0: wonder, but... Oh, just good 90s yeah. jams? good 90s jams. Oh, yeah. Both of us should have DJed the fucking 90s cruise, because we would have run that shit.
1: Yeah, it would have been better than the way better. DJs
0: they had on there. So, but whatever. <sighs> so the song peaked at number two in the U.S. and number one in his homeland of the U.K., with the inevitable world tour on the horizon, nothing was going to stop this guy from becoming a total success. Mm-hmm. Except Mark had a few unfortunate run-ins with the law. Oh, yeah. One was in ninety-seven when he attempted to bring a stun gun onto a plane. Why would you do that? Because why do you need a stun gun, gun rather, retur- a plane? How else are you going to return to the Mac by stunning people <laughs> yes. by fucking cattle prodding Bitch, them? I'm stunning. <laughs>
1: Not that way, though. Yeah, that's you the know, wrong way to that's stun. That's the wrong
0: way to stun people. Well, he was given three months of community service for the offense. But what about his tour? Not wanting to delay that, he hired a lookalike to complete the order what? for him. Yes. <laughs> right? He Millie vanilli that shit. <laughs> but only way smarter than Milly Vanilli, except oh, not yeah. because he totally got caught. So did Millie Vanilli. Oh, okay. So he did Millie Vanilli this shit. All right, never mind. He 100% <laughs> Millie Vanilli did. Yeah, they really quickly realized that that wasn't Mark Morrison, and they were like, "Yeah, no, bitch, you come back oh here." My God. So after that whole debacle, he ended up getting to have to serve a year in jail. <laughs> so no world tour after that. <laughs> you fucked up. He fucked up. You fucked up. You, you could have just done three months community service and been fine. Seriously. And guess what? And you, maybe you, you wouldn't have up. been a one-hit wonder. Maybe. I mean, it's it's hard to tell. He is still releasing music even to this day, but nothing has had the same jolt of energy that Return of the Mac does. Perhaps if he could have gotten right out there, he could have kept the fire going, but it also is fairly plausible that this one-hit wonder was just inevitable. Yeah. So, Mark Mark <laughs> Morrison, weird fucking story. Yes,
1: very weird. Wacky
0: story indeed. That's funny. Right?
1: Anyway, my number two choice His voice is Voices Carry. Until till Tuesday.
0: Oh, Because always, ever since I was a child, I always thought they were singing, hush, hush, keep, keep it, it down, down now. This is scary. I didn't know that the song was even called Voices Carry. I mean, it still works. It still works. Yeah. He's scared. She? she's Somebody's scared. She, She's no, scared. No, I thought she was singing about a dude who was scared of her wanting to commit it.
1: Ooh, hold on. Ooh, I'm hold- sorry.
0: I'm stealing your
1: thunder now. How do you feel? Reel that, reel that in a All little right, bit. I'm reeling it in. All right. Released in 1985, "Voices Carry" is Till Tuesday's best-known song, but people are still talking about the lead singer, Amy Mann. Yeah. Who continues to have a pretty successful solo career. Yeah. It resonated with audiences partly because of its subject matter, as a lot of people feel it describes an abusive relationship, or at the very least a contemptuous one with a dick of a boyfriend. Yeah. And while the song itself isn't blatantly about an abusive relationship, the music video was.
0: Right. I do kind of remember that.
1: Yeah. And it was it had this dude roughhousing Amy Mann a little bit. And then at the end, she like defiantly stands up in the middle of a symphony and is like, no, (laughs) I'm not. I'm the captain of my own ship and I do not have to take this.
0: You don't, though, Amy Mann. You don't. Good for you.
1: A lot of people argue about the true inspiration for the song. Some claim it was about an argument between Amy Mann and her bandmate slash boyfriend, Michael Hausman. Mm. The album's producer, Mike Thorne, says the lyrics originally had Amy talking about another woman as if in a relationship. But the record company made her change it. Another claim is from Al Jorgensen, Leader of the band Ministry, who says the song was inspired by his brief relationship with Amy Mann back in the early 80s. Why you would want to try and claim inspiration for a song that makes you look like a dick, I don't know, but there you go. Notice me. Supposedly, Cindy Lauper wanted to record the song with the original lyrics. However, that doesn't really hold up since Cindy was on the same label as Till Tuesday. Oh. And it was the label that was forcing Amy to change the lyrics in the first place. So I'm going to go with the story that it was originally about a woman. Okay. Because that makes sense. To, the lyrics that way make sense to me.
0: Yeah. And no, then... Yep. And yeah. I feel
1: like the... The label probably made her change it. Oh, I'm sure. So then she was like, all right, well, it's about an abusive relationship.
0: All right. I guess if I have to, like, turn, you know, beautiful love into an abusive relationship, here we are, because it's 1985. But I
1: mean... If you think about it in the sense that she's talking about a relationship with another woman, the lyrics are kind of sad, too, because oh, yeah. you're talking like, keep your fucking voice down about this relationship between yeah. two women because people are going to hear it and they're going to judge us and fucking assault us or whatever. Right, right. So. Yeah.
0: Either way. It sucks. It sucks. Aww. But it's a really good song. It is a really good song. And I could totally see Cindy Lauper pulling this off, too, though. Yeah. I kind of wish that she would
1: cover it. In, I would like to hear concerts or something. Cover this. Um, also on YouTube, there is a Amy Mann does a acoustic cover of it, mm-hmm. and it's fucking amazing and heartbreaking, Ooh. and it's so good. All right, I'm gonna look that up.
0: Yeah, I want to hear it. I want to hear her voice carry. It does. I bet it does. <laughs> she's Amy fucking Mann. She do whatever she wants. Basically, she's really good. Well, so speaking of voices, this is the worst segue ever. Voices make people dance. Which brings me to my third pick. Yeah, fucking oh, no. let me have it. Let me have it. No. Is that not good? <laughs> what do you want me to do? Just play it. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> so my third pick is Lorena McKennett's The Mummer Stance.
1: know how many people have done yoga to this song.
0: I think everyone. <laughs> have, you we have, not, have we you not all done yoga to this? You don't know yoga until you you've, you've done, done yoga t- to t- Lorena a <laughs> dance. You know, I have always wanted to make a nice playlist for yoga-ing? Yoga-ing? I don't know. Yoga-ing. I don't know. Fuck it. The point is, I've wanted to do that because I have a few good jams. This would definitely be on that list. Yeah, this is good yoga This is definitely playlist. a good yoga song. Really. Loosens up your muscles when you hear it, (laughs) and I can't dance, so I might as well yoga. Some one-hit wonders are completely out of left field, and this one is definitely a product of right place, right time. Yep. If you recall, the '90s were a time for Celtic music and world music to shine bright, and New Age culture took the world by storm. Oh yes, I was very much into it. I bet you fucking were. I I have no fucking doubt. I have two words for you: pure. Moods.
1: I have two words for you. The
0: cores. <laughs> I fucking love the cores. I know you do. Lorena McKennett wasn't someone who always dreamed of musical fame. She actually wanted to be a vet. But while in college, she discovered folk music and Celtic music, and from there took to learning the harp. She would busk for money, and she somehow just ended up growing this local following. Good for her. And by 1985, she managed to save up enough money to not only release a debut album, but also create her own label, Quinlan Road. Damn. Right? Bitch is savvy AF. Seriously. So she's releasing all these albums, garnering a lot of moderate success throughout Canada. By the mid-90s, we're hitting the love of Celtic culture, um, you know, with Riverdance and movies like Braveheart. People are really starting to eat this up. Even oh, Titanic yeah. had like that aspect of, you know, the Irish step dancing and they,
1: Didn't they have Gaelic Storm? Yeah. They, they were they the band did that Gaelic Storm Gaelic Storm was the band that was playing when they were below decks having that sweet
0: party. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're really getting we're hitting that yep. sweet spot with that Celtic, new agey, new whatever world culture. Mm-hmm. And that's when Lorena released her album, Book of Secrets, with the single Mummer's Dance. Mm-hmm. It's a song celebrating the festivals of spring, and namely around the concept of a mummer's play, which is basically ye old door-to-door traveling actor troupes. and amateur players would go from town to town performing skits in celebration of a holiday. Oh. And this time it would be a spring holiday, probably the spring equinox, I imagine. That makes sense. Because Celts and Gaelic and all that jazz. A good song in its own right, but what got it to be a Billboard charter was from the assistance of electronica duo DNA, who you might know from zazzin' up the song "Tom's Diner."
1: Oh, remember?
0: Another one I should have
1: fucking put on my goddamn list, right? Well, we're gonna have to do this episode again. Oh my god!
0: Originally, it was Suzanne Vegas singing a cappella. Yeah, they came in, added that sweet dance beat to it. Which was
1: also on the the soundtrack to the movie Untamed Heart, which is where I always, like, whenever I think of Tom Ziner, I think of Untamed Heart. Sure. With uh, Christian Slater and Marissa Tomei. He's got a baboon heart and it fails and he dies. I'm sorry. I just ruined Spoilers. it for
0: you. Spoilers! If it's 20 years old, I don't think it's a spoiler anymore.
1: Oh, it's like, God, 30 years old at Oof. this point? That's old. It's got to
0: be. Well... So they came in, her, I mean, obviously Mummer's Dance already is a dancey, upbeat song, but they kind of added that modern mm-hmm. dance beat in there. They pure moods the shit out they of it. They did pure moods the shit out of it, but it worked. It ran up the charts. It even placed on the modern rock charts. Yeah. I remember that shit even being on alternative stations.
1: I remember getting her album on that uh, Columbia House deal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ten 10 CDs House. for a penny. Or so you think. So you think. It's doubtful that this was more than a one-off of fame for Lorena, but it definitely helped her to gain a larger following. It was as if this was her chance to get enough star power to show her face to the world, and then when she be- went back to business as usual, she came back with a larger posse than before. Mm-hmm. But those new fans would have to wait for more music because in 98, Lorena dealt with tragedy when her fiancé died in a boating accident. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She stayed off the grid for nearly a decade after that. Wow. But has since come back to make more successful albums and to continue to do really well in the Celtic folk New Age audiences. Good for her. So she's... I mean, she's still quite popular in that genre.
1: And when did this song come out? 97. I mean, Lilith Fair. Mm-hmm. So that, oh, yeah. that really helped drive her popularity oh, yeah. through the roof at this 100%. time. Yeah. So.
0: yeah, Yeah.
1: And also... Lilith Fair deserves to be respected. Everybody made fun of it when it was th- when it started in the late nineties, but no, that was fucking revolutionary and it was fantastic. Good for Sarah McLachlan. Slow clap for Sarah McLachlan guys. I will remember you. I will remember her. Not a one hit wonder.
0: But anyway But you know, before we continue on with this, perhaps we take a break. We need to take a break
1: before part two because uh it's pretty killer this is scary but also good scary yeah good scary yeah all right see you in a minute
0: welcome back yay we're back and we're back with more
1: jams indeed so next on my list Yes this pretty sweet fucking jam It's a grand jam It's a grand jam It's called United States of Whatever By Liam Lynch
2: I went down to the beach And saw Kiki She was all like eh, And I'm like Whatever And this chick comes up to me And she's all like Hey aren't you that dude And I'm like Yeah whatever So later I'm, I'm at the pool hall And this girl comes up And she's all like oh, And I'm like Yeah Whatever my United States of whatever. And this is my United States
0: whatever. whatever. <laughs> Such a good song. It's so good. It's so stupid, but so good. It really reminds me of viral videos when they weren't even really a thing. But yeah. they were kind of a thing. When YouTube first became... It wasn't even... I think I saw thing. it on, like, fucking Newgrounds or some shit. Yeah, probably. I probably had to download it on, like, on... Napster or some Probably. shit, no, Lime Wire, Kaza, uh, Kaza. Uh. Oh, oh my
1: boy. god. Anyway, I feel like this song is kind of a fluke because Liam Lynch. It is a isn't fluke. really a musician. No, he's not. I mean, he is, but he's primarily known as the creator of the Syphil and Ollie show yep. and as a director. And United States of Whatever was released in 2002 as the first single from Liam's album Fake Songs,
0: which are all fake
1: songs. They're, I mean, they're real songs, but most of them he's making fun of. The people. fake Bjork song is so it's, good; it actually sounds it like sounds a like a Bjork song. Bjerg song. <laughs> it's not really a fake, b- fake Bjork song. Bjerg, Bjerg, it's Bjerg, not a fake Bor- Bjork song. It's a real, Bjergson. real Bjork song. <laughs> But anyway, United States of Whatever is a bare bones, two chord punk song that is an ode to not giving a fuck. Yep. It was debuted on The Syphil and Ollie Show with Ollie performing the song. Aww. And it started gaining traction in the US as a single when someone leaked the song from a British import of The Syphil and Ollie Show. The LA radio station KROQ played the song as a joke, but people really liked it, so they put it on regular it's rotation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a good basic punk song. It is, though. Um, while Liam Lynch's popularity dropped off after United States of Whatever, he continued to direct music videos for bands like Queens of the Stone Age, Foo Fighters, and Weird Al Yankovic.
0: I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. He
1: directed a video for Weird Al off of Mandatory Fun. Wait, which one? Oh, I watched
0: most of those because he would release them one a day. Was it I something it about was... white people? I don't remember. <laughs> I, don't remember a song. I honestly don't remember. I didn't remember Word Crimes or the song about foil to <laughs> Lords Royals or um there was Tacky.
1: It wasn't any of those. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't. I'm sorry. The song about white people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what it is. Um, He also directed Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. Wait, did he direct the whole movie? Yes, he did. That's fantastic. He's done a lot of really amazing shit. That's so good. And most of it has to do with bands, either music videos or like long form music movies or something like that. He's done a lot.
0: Yeah, he's, he's doing a good fucking job, though. Yeah.
1: And also... He wrote all of the music for the highly underrated MTV show Clone High.
0: I never saw that.
1: Oh my god. It was, to me, the best show MTV ever aired. What is it? It was a cartoon.
0: Wait, is that the one where they're supposed to be superheroes or something? No,
1: it was a cartoon about high school students and they are all historical figures Joan That's Abark, like
0: historical figures John F
1: Kennedy Cleopatra Gandhi. Yes, Gandhi I
0: did hear about this
1: it was so good and they canceled it after like one season well, because it
0: was good
1: it, because it was good and because people bitched and complained about the portrayal of Gandhi oh yeah but Gandhi and um, was it the guy who invented uh, peanut butter was it George Washington Carver yes um they were students. And they were best friends Aww. and they were like a superhero side thing called Black and Tan. Oh. <laughs> it was funny.
0: <laughs> I thought, I back think that's then why I thought, I, it thought was funny. I think that's why I thought it was a superhero thing. Yeah.
1: They were kind of superheroes and it was pretty cute. Nice. Now he has a podcast called Lynchland and basically he needs to be our best friend.
0: Liam Lynch, be our best friend. Be
1: our, be our BFF.
0: Can we please be your friend? You know, can we just say we're your friend?
1: Let's just say we're his friend.
0: We're we're friends of Liam Lynch. We're
1: pod friends.
0: He's so cool.
1: (laughs) But this is a really
0: good song. It's a good song to just
1: like fucking scream.
0: Yeah. When you're drunk or whenever. Or like when you're driving in your car and the traffic's terrible. Just This is my United States of whatever. Get out of my way. I mean, EQX still plays it sometimes. They do. And I will blast it every time.
1: Good for them. They are a good, independent
0: radio station. They are. Pretty much what I mainly listen to when I listen to the radio. Just stop playing Billie Eilish. Yeah, that would be nice. That'd be great. If we could all just, like, let Billie Eilish... Just fade into the background. Or just play a different Billie Eilish song.
1: Yeah, actually, now that I think about it... Uh, I just had, bad guy. I had a really long road trip this weekend, and... Every time I turn that radio station on, that fucking song was playing. So I'm good with never hearing it ever again. Honestly,
0: yeah. It's, it's, it's going I, the way it Smells Like Teen Spirit for me.
1: I just, I don't like songs where it has a female vocalist. Who's who, not really
0: trying. Who I know can
1: sing very well. She's talking like
0: that. <laughs> like, oh, she's kind of vocal frying her voice, singing wise. But like not it's even. not really vocal fry. But, but she's mean, as not. Far as they're not goes. even
1: opening their mouth. Like yeah. just fucking opening open your mouth. You I know it's you know kind how of to do the Del
0: rang it. Girl, Kinda. you can sing. Just open your mouth. Yeah. Wow. This has nothing to do with either of them. They are not one hit We're wonders. We're just complaining about Billy Eilish. We're just complaining. Let's bring it back to okay. the one hit wonders with my fourth choice. Okay. And that would be the solid well-known jam by D-Light called Groove, Groove is, is in, in the heart. heart. Hey, let DeLight <laughs> sing it. Wish.
2: Sing it, baby. I couldn't ask for another. I, 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 no, I couldn't ask for another.
0: Yeah, this is, this is a solid jam. So every time you hear it, tell me you're not like well, bopping your head around you a little bit. Can't help like, it. All right, I can't help it. It's
1: kind of funny because sometimes I'm like I really fucking hate this song and then if I haven't heard it for a few years and I'm like this is a really great song and then I listen to it like five times I'm like okay I don't need to hear it for another no
0: it's one of the songs like listen to it once
1: and then put it away (laughs) Then put it away comes back you're like oh look at that song yeah and then a couple years later when somebody puts it on on the jukebox or something you're like oh fuck I love this song it's it's
0: that kind of song that definitely cycles through your brain sometimes you're like yeah and sometimes you're like no. Like, in recent months, I've been having a hard fucking time. So sometimes it's come on I'm like, not today, Delight. <laughs> yeah. Not today. So, you know, it's definitely a time and a place yeah. kind of song, too.
1: But I definitely enjoy that that slide whistle.
0: <whistles> yep. <laughs> exactly. I do like slide whistles. This song is mostly just noises. Yeah. If you really listen to it, it's mostly just mouth noises and, like, random noises. Yeah. Mouth noises and random noises. Yeah, like slide whistles and shit. good description. Bells and whistles and little shake shakes. Yep. Yeah, that's the song. So D-Light were a New York City DJ trio in the 1980s. They were playing at clubs, both straight and gay. They eventually released a demo to the masses abound. But what really helped them was when they garnered the attention of parliament funkadelic bassist Bootsy Collins... This wanted to sense. work with them. Yes. Yep. God, fucking Bootsy. That's a great name. That's a good one. That's that's going to my top you know three what? names. He lives up to the name. He lives, up to, he lives name. up to the hype and yep. the name. Grooves in the Heart was a song that was in progress for years. They built up the background track from sampling both Herbie Hancock's Bring Down the Birds and Vernon Birch's Get Up. For a couple finishing touches, Bootsy provided guest vocals and that sweet, sweet bass line you hear- and, yep. and then Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest came in oh, for the rap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't always hear the rap. If you're listening to the radio, they don't usually play the rap. Yeah. You got to find that sweet like Spotify version where you get the rap in it. But
1: he was in the, the video, right? He was, yes. He's just like a floating head. Yep. Yep.
0: <laughs> so was Bootsy. Yep. Yeah. Everybody had floating heads in the video. It's fine. And then you just had the two male DJs with the fucking slide whistles in the background. Yep. (laughs) The final product is just a pure 90s dance party. It was on constant play at dance clubs and reached number four in Billboard's Top 100. And still, to this day, it's considered a top dance song on many a clickbait lists. Indeed. And it's funny to watch the video, too, because... None of them are really good dancers, considering it's a dance video or rem- dance song. I
1: remember there was a lot of bell-bottoms, platforms, and bright colors. <sighs> it was so up my fucking and, alley. And uh,
0: some shimmying going on. So, I was so into it. I was yeah. so here for it. And I still remember to this day, the Beavis and Butthead episode where they did this episode. <laughs> and like, she's hot. Meh, meh, meh. <laughs> Shut up, Doe Weed. <dough-ied." sighs> <sighs> That's my terrible Beavis and Butthead. I hope you enjoyed that. The unfortunate thing is that D. Light really didn't see much success after this, which isn't fair because the album this song is from, World Click, is a real solid dance album. Yeah. It did peak at number 20 on the Billboard 200, so that's good, but one could argue that it was on the shoulders of this single.
1: Yeah. Again,
0: not fair. It's such a good album.
1: I really hope that... They struck a good deal with whatever record company they yeah. were on because yeah. they should really be banking them them royalty checks. It's still, I mean, point. it's still a
0: solid jam. People yeah. still listen to it. They did release a couple more albums after this, but they never set the world on fire. DJ Toa left soon after because he hated touring, and a couple of years later, Lady Miss Kier and DJ Dimitri's marriage broke apart, and with that, so did the band. No, yeah. Bootsy
1: Bootsy couldn't hold it together? Bootsy couldn't keep the band Uh, together. I know. I'm a little surprised. Bootsy. Bootsy,
0: what are you doing? He's like, I had that one jam with you. Now I must fly off to help someone else in need. (laughs) And he flies away. And that's Bootsy Collins. That's Bootsy Collins. Nothing really happened with D-Light since. But if you want to watch that sweet psychedelic video, you can just whisk yourself back to a better time when D-Light was on top and you were probably a child and didn't have to worry about Bills. Yep. That's what I do anyway.
1: Yeah. This was before Destiny's Child, Bills, Bills, Bills. It
0: really was though.
1: Well before Well before. Anyway. (laughs) And now you have a song. Now I have a song. And it's called In a Big Country by Big Country. Off the album, Big Country. No, it's actually not. It's called The Crossing. (laughs)
0: still a jam. It's still really good. It might not be off the album, Big Country, <laughs> but it's still a jam.
1: It's still a jam. And this is definitely an instance where a band had one big fat hit in the U.S. A and immediately fat. disappeared into oblivion, but continued to have huge success in the U.K., Nice. In a Big Country was the second single off Big Country's debut album, The Crossing, not Big Country. Okay. (laughs) A lot of US folks might not know that Big Country is a Scottish band that uses a lot of traditional Celtic sounds and instruments in their music. That actually checks. Yeah. As such, the guitars on the song In a Big Country were meant to sound like bagpipes, and they do. Oh,
0: I didn't realize actually that that was... Yeah, no, I guess I did realize they're guitars, but they definitely sound like bagpipes. They very much
1: sound like bagpipes sound like bagpipes. They did a good fucking job. They did it. They pulled it off.
0: Totally pulled them. it off.
1: But Yeah. um, Don't have a whole lot of notes for for In a Big Country but um, it's a solid fucking jam and it's one of our jukebox go-tos.
0: Oh, it's a total jukebox go-to. And we even
1: did it at karaoke once. Did we? We did. We were really drunk. <laughs> Wait.
0: Oh. Yeah, we did it at, at karaoke oh, once. Oh, yeah, we did. Nope. That footage came back. It's that not brown out. I brushed <laughs> it off a little bit.
1: You're welcome. It's there. It is. It's not a karaoke song. Well, it we is it.
0: if you know the lyrics. <laughs> and we didn't. Guess at the who time. didn't know the lyrics?
1: Um, but I would also like to give a shout out to uh, Long Range Sarcasm. Oh yeah, podcast. We met the two young lads. The two of young that- lads
0: of that podcast. Of
1: that podcast at a um. At the record riot, in at Albany. At the record riot in Albany and back in January. We were just about to make fun of this album and they were like, No, it's a really good album. We're like, Alright, cool. And you bought it. I did. I listened to it. It's really fucking good. Right. You're I still right. need
0: to listen to it. I still have been holding it in my back pocket for an album review episode, which I should just do it. You should. It's well, I haven't done an al- we haven't done an album review in a while. A While We should do it.
1: We should. And uh, that's a really good fucking solid album. Talk about an album that has Celtic influences. I mean, Lorena McKenna could take some fucking notes. Oh, shit. Shots fired. It's really fucking good. So go listen to it, because they should not have been a one-hit wonder in the U.S. And good for the U.K. for recognizing them. Nice. They noticed them.
0: Well, another U.K. group. Mm -hmm. By group, I mean... Solo guy, but, <laughs> same thing, right? <laughs> but you would think it's a group, oh, because my next song and my last song, oh
1: yeah, 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 is yeah. Your
0: Woman by White Town. So good. Things you learn about this song are going to rock your damn world. Yeah,
1: because I've been told some things and clearly they are not
0: true. I think we had a collective fever dream. Yeah, I think we did. Because we both definitely thought we talked about the song before. I guess we didn't. And I don't think we did. No. Because it wasn't on the breakup episode. I don't know what other episode we would have talked about it. Yeah. Because it's not a cover. And it's not a get through this song. It
1: doesn't have a sexy sax solo. So... Right. And it wasn't on Now That's What I Call Music. So I have no fucking clue. So we never
0: would have talked about this. Yeah, we... But we definitely thought we did. We did not. (laughs) All right. So now that I have that out of the way. Okay. Whitetown, also known as Jyoti Mishra, has been creating music since 1989 after being inspired by a Pixies concert. He had released an album in 1990 and was opening for a few acts here and there, Mm -hmm. having some moderate success, mostly in the UK. It wasn't until 1997, though, that he saw the huge success with this single, Your Woman, off the album Women in Technology. It only reached number 23 in the U.S., but considering he was an unknown before this, that's an accomplishment. And it did get to the number one spot in the U.K. easily. Mm -hmm. Jody wanted to write a pop-based breakup song that could be looked at from different angles. A straight man in love with a lesbian, a gay guy in love with a straight man, or a, quote... Straight girl in love with a lying, two timing, fake ass Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Jody is a devoted Marxist and it comes across a lot in his music. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. He's really big into Marxism. Buckle up. Maybe don't. Maybe I'm just an idiot. Many of us refer to this tune as, like, you know, that Darth Vader song. But here's what I didn't know. Yes. Quite Town samples that trumpet line, but it's from a 1932 song called My Woman by Al Boley. Oh! Boley was a pretty big deal at his time, recording classic and, classics and standards like The Very Thought of You and Midnight, the Stars, and You. My Woman was recorded after his new bride cheated on him on their wedding night. So now I find out that John Williams blatantly got the tune for the for the imperial march from an old-timey cheating seriously? song seriously so now i have questions wait a minute and no and i've and i've oh, tried john, to... williams, has to for some john
1: williams has to answer for some shit. john
0: williams has to answer for some shit cuz i have been looking this shit up on the internet and maybe i haven't found it and if if i'm missing something please feel free to send us something and let me know what i'm missing I just wanna know that John Williams acknowledges that he blatantly ripped off because if I want you to stop this right now. I know we're almost <laughs> at the end anyway, but stop this right now and go look up My Woman by Al Boley. It is the same song as like the Imperial March is blatantly based off this song. Yeah. There's no fucking question. So but nowhere have I found in my research that John Williams, is like, yeah, I kinda heard this song and then made this up. It's it's, it's yeah, well, I mean, we also heard that
1: um, he wanted to have a female vocalist, right, to sing this song, and he couldn't find one. So he just sang so it he himself. just sang it himself. But, but
0: obviously, in your I research, you didn't find that either. I haven't found that. So again, we clearly had some so many collective lies. fever dream. With seriously, this, like <laughs> lies and Manelli lies. <laughs> like, I I have so many questions about the song that. Doing research on it just gave me more questions. It didn't really give me a lot of answers. We need answers. I don't know what's going on anymore. Star Wars is a lie. Clearly. I mean, honestly, anything after it. the original trilogy is a lie anyway.
1: Yeah. In
0: my opinion.
1: Uh, yeah, no. 100%. Fight me. I'm not going to fight you. No, I know you won't. I'm not going to fight I'm you on any I'm talking to of them.
0: <laughs> you know who you are. I don't know... <laughs> I don't know if anybody else is going to fight you on it No, a lot of people will fight about Star Wars. For some reason, it's an insanely contentious topic. But you know what? That is not
1: the hill I'm going to die on. Same.
0: Lord of the Rings, though.
1: I will die on that hill. There you go. I will fucking massacre people on that hill. You have my
0: sword. And
1: my axe.
0: Anyway, (laughs) soon after the release of Your Woman, Jody was having troubles with his label EMI, and he was let go. He's still been releasing music on independent labels, but nothing's been as big as this 1997 hit. But he says he'd rather be a one-hit wonder than a no-hit wonder.
1: Oh, good for him. Yeah. Better to be known for something than nothing at all. And it's a good jam. Yeah. And he gave proper credit where proper credit was due. Good for him.
0: John Williams. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. So.
1: Still waiting for that.
0: Still waiting for that, John Williams. Anyway, why don't we uh, why don't we tie this bow up nicely with a real good jam that you got? Oh, this this banger of a fucking jam banger that I am very
1: excited jam. about because it is one of my favorite songs. Ever. Ever. This is I believe in a thing called Love by the Darkness.
0: Fuck yeah, it is. You got me in a spin, but everything is okay. Touching
2: you!
0: You know, another solid karaoke song because most everybody knows it. so yeah. everybody's gonna sing with you, and it doesn't matter that you can't hit those notes,
1: yeah. it's just a fun song to sing. It's a
0: really fun song.
1: But you know what? I have to give props to Justin Hawkins because his falsetto
0: is amazing. let's let's revisit the fact that Adam Lambert's traveling with Queen, touring with Queen and not Justin Hawkins. However, Justin Hawkins is working with Tiger Rogers. so. Oh, that's
1: Roger, wait.
0: Taylor. Roger Taylor's son. Roger Taylor's son. I always wait, do that. It's always, Tiger. Ta- Tiger, wait, Tiger Taylor. Is it Tiger Taylor? Isn't it?
1: Yeah, I know his first name is Tiger. Is his, is his name actually Tiger Taylor? No, but he's now the drummer in the darkness.
0: Yes, he is.
1: Yeah, that's what I said. He yeah. is the drummer in the darkness. Yeah, that's what I, it's that's that's a, that's what I just said. Yeah, it's Rufus Tiger Taylor. That's Rufus what Tiger it is.
0: Taylor. Yeah, but you know what? Whoever's Rufus when his name's Tiger. Yeah, just ca- I'm calling he's him Tiger. Tiger Taylor. He's just Tiger Taylor.
1: Oh, that's cute. That is cute. Arguably, The Darkness is not technically a one hit wonder. They have experienced a great deal of success in the UK and have had multiple hit records over oh, yeah. there. But for many of us Americans, I believe in a thing called love was the only thing we ever heard from the band. You think that's all they do? You think that's all they do. But it's not. It's not. Actually, Permission to Land, the album that this song is off of, is fantastic. Tight butthole. Super tight butthole. It is so good. The song was released in September 2003 and was actually their third single off the album, Permission to Land, preceded by the songs Get Your Hands Off My Woman and Growing yep.
0: On Me. Get Your Hands Off My Woman is a great song. Get your hands off of my woman, motherfucker. motherfucker.
1: Any song that multiple notes, motherfucker, yeah. is a fantastic song. Yeah. so Definitely. Go get the whole album. It's so good. It is fantastic. It's a great album. It is a party album that is super reminiscent of 70s glam bands but doesn't doesn't make a mockery of itself.
0: No, no, no. But they like they don't take themselves seriously in the best way.
1: Yeah, and these guys have really great senses of humor mm-hmm. which carries through through the whole thing and they release the one of the very few Christmas songs that I actually really like. Truth. It's called "Christmas Time." Don't let the bells end. Check it out. It's
0: do you know fucking what, fantastic. Do you know what it got beat out by?
1: <sighs> no, I don't. Mad World.
0: The really? cover of Mad World.
1: Oh, the from from fucking Donny Darko.
0: I am place safe because that's more fun than "Don't Let the Bells Stop uh. Ringing" at Christmas. That's not the song. That song
1: can go on one of our least favorite cover songs. Oh, easily. Or uh, episodes. With the help from the delightfully silly music video, which was played relentlessly on MTVU when I was a sophomore in college, this song became a smash hit on the U.S. rock charts. And I love the music video. It is super cheeky, super silly, and they're fighting aliens, and it's very glam rock bullshit. Oh yeah, and I love it. but also the darkness is one of those bands that has a really interesting story oh, behind yeah, them. Oh yeah, And one day I hope that we will be doing an episode on them because yeah. their story is great, and I think it really needs to be told.
0: No, agreed. I it's one of those stories that could have been really sad, but I think they turned it around.
1: I mean, there were definitely some sad parts, but um, they got their shit together. Yeah, and they figured it out, and they're you know they're chugging along, they're doing their own thing, and they're really good.
0: I agree. I I concur, and agree. Indeed. And you know what? Before we we really wrapped all this shit up, though, we d- we do have one honorable mention. <laughs> oh, and it's we a almost deucey. forgot about this one. <laughs> oh, it's a and doozy. maybe you did too. So we hope that we can remind you of the song. By the collaboration of Twenty Fingers Angelette called Short Dick Man. Yup. Don't want, don't, want,
1: don't, don't want no short dick man. What in the world is that fucking thing? Do, 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 do you need some fucking tweezers to put that little thing away? That has got to be the smallest dick I have ever seen in my whole life. Get the fuck out of here.
0: This brings me back to when I was probably <laughs> 9, 10, and it came out, and... It was edited. Oh, I don't even was- think I was 9 or 10. I think I was like 7 or 8 when it came out. Like, I remember... Oh, no, I was 10. I was I, remember, li-
1: I remember listening to this a lot. And just like hearing it on MTV and the radio, but, but they, they edited it
0: to be short, short man. And
1: I always assumed they were just talking about they don't want any short men. I
0: feel like this was one of the first times in my life where I was like, no, they're talking about dicks.
1: They're talking about something else.
0: They're not talking about a height. They're just they're, this is a dirty song. Yeah. Like I, I knew this was a dirty song.
1: I I don't remember exactly when this song came out, but um, I wish it was a little bit taller. Remember that yes. came out? I think I was it was fucking, came out I around the by same Skilo. time. I, yeah. Another one, another hit wonder. great one. Him wonder, but this came out around the same time as that song. I think. I think Skeila was a little bit it later. Was a little bit later. But in my mind, it's all in the same time period. That's fair. And since that song was about him being really short, I always assume that this song was also about oh, no. somebody short. It's about a short dick. No, it's about a small dick.
0: Well, it is by the. First, the DJ duo of 20 Fingers, and they featured the female rapper Gillette. Mm-hmm. And basically, they said that they were looking to, uh, quote, We figured there were all these songs by men bashing women and treating women like sex objects, so we decided a song that turned the table on men might attract some attention. Because in the end, they were just really looking for some attention. Yeah. This garnered that fucking I attention. I mean...
1: A song about a short dick man is going to do that for you. So. Right.
0: Even even Gillette said she wanted to, quote, strike back at all the women bashing songs in pop, especially in rap. Yeah. And what's really fun about it is that some radio stations refuse to play the song due to perceiving it as misandric, discriminatory, and ableistic towards those with microphalism. But bitches and hoes is fine. Yeah. You can sing about a bitch being crazy. But you can't sing about a man with a tiny penis. He might not even have a tiny penis. But if you tell a man he has a tiny penis, they freak out. Yeah. The two things that you do to men that freak them out. Laugh at them and tell them they have a small dick. Yep. They cannot handle it. So this song was to kind of fight that back. And it's also just a really good jam. And then I also forgot after this Gillette had another song called Mr. Personality... And it's oh, about really? a really ugly guy. Just like, <laughs> Mr. Personality, you're so ugly, Mr. Personality. <laughs> she does not mince words. She does not and mince words. And I enjoy words. that. Right? I can appreciate a woman who says, now nah, fuck you, you ugly and got a tiny dick, though. <laughs> you from Westchester? Yo, you from Westchester? I ain't gonna just touch it. that dick on the way out, though. <laughs> I ain't gonna touch. There's no dick to touch on the way out, though. So, uh. you know. For some for some female empowerment there maybe I don't know we're just like some funs you know what for the funnies yeah short I mean, dick man for the mid nineties
1: any any female empowerment we can get yeah
0: honestly we've Go come a long it. way in twenty something years but we've come somewhere haven't we've, we we've gotten there well we've come <laughs> yeah maybe some
1: not if they have a short not if they're a short dick man though that's fair that's fair.
0: Well, and I think that's a great place to put a little (laughs) pin in that one. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate you all for giving us your love and your listens and the downloads. And just, you know, whatever you want to give us. You want to give us some feedback, you can go ahead and drop on over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review and say how fantastic we are. That would be awesome. So do that. That'd be cool. Also, you can visit our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com, and we're a one-stop shop where you can comment on episodes, drop us an email, or find our social medias. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We post funnies and news articles and all that jazz. So there's all those things. We make relentless fun of Woodstock 50. Oh my god. (laughs) And if you want to hear more about us relentlessly making fun of Woodstock 50.
1: Indeed. If you want to hear
0: us relentlessly... We'll just
1: bash it. Bash Destroy it. Oh god. It's such a mess. Just go to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash rock And you can donate some monies to us. Yeah. And then every month we give a little bonus episode about music news. Which will be coming out this week. And our hot takes buy so, out right now.
0: So if you want if you wanna donate, you yeah. can get some extra shit right now. Hell yeah. And thank you to everyone who is donating. Again, You have made our lives a lot easier and we really appreciate you. Like, the gratefulness is not, I don't think there's words. It's not. I made up a word. It's called gratefulness. Yes. Yes. So, thank you all so much for listening, for patronizing, or doing whatever you do. We do love you. We do appreciate you. And you know what? We're always going to stay here and just keep talking bullshit. So, come on in next week because we'll have more bullshit to talk about. Bullshit every week. All week, every week. That's what we do it here. It never ends. It doesn't. We don't mm. want it to. Anyway, so tune in next week for more crazy stories from the wacky world of music. Indeed it will Indeed be. Indeed it will be. And until then, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on, you crazy kids out there. My With your short dicks out. <laughs> and your balls. And your stuff. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Hi,
2: I'm Heather. And I'm Mike. And, and we're, we're the, the hosts, hosts of Make, Make It Stop. Stop Bad Music, Good Times. From butt rock balladeers to the wackest of MCs. From washed up cocaine casualties to schmalty 80s cheese. Tune in to Make It Stop as we're joined by musicians, comedians, podcasters, and tastemakers to break down the worst albums ever recorded. We dive in track by track. We dissect, we debate, and we sort out the how and why of some of the most misguided, confounding, and egregious missteps in music history.
0: We cover the gamut from alternative and underground bands like the Shags, Earth Crisis, and Five Iron Frenzy to mainstream acts like Creed,
2: Justin Timberlake, and the Black Eyed Peas. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, so look us up, and before you know it, you'll be begging us to make it stop. Make It Stop, a bad music podcast. Sonic has something delicious for you Hey, announcer guy, that's your cue Try the new Sonic Steak and Bacon Grilled Cheese Savory steak mixed with grilled onions topped with crispy bacon and melty American cheese Plus creamy mayo and tangy barbecue sauce Or try it spicy with zesty cheese sauce and jalapenos Well, I don't know about you But I'm definitely craving that previously mentioned thing Sonic Steak and Bacon Grilled Cheese Sonic Limited time only or participating Sonic drive It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football